Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 203, episode 5 of The Daily Zeitgeist, the production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It's Friday, September 24th, 2021. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a., and I'm just going to tell you up top that this is being sung to uh, Maya's ghetto superstar. Uh, You know, my vocal range has been described as a lot of things, but usually as un-Maya-like. So here we go. I've got swollen balls. That is what they are. Nikki tried to warn. Guess I'll never learn. Now my cum ain't shit and my pants don't fit. I got the vax and now I'm screwed. Uh huh. Don't have COVID, but my balls grew. Uh huh. Uh, that is courtesy of Jason Christian. And I am thrilled to be joined as always by my co host, Mr. Miles Gray. And this is to the tune of Suzanne Vega's Tom Steiner. <laughs> I am Zyking in the morning at the vax line on the counter. I am waiting at the counter for the man to pour the cold brew. And my sperm counts drop to halfway. <laughs> and my balls are like tomatoes. And if you like unripe tomatoes, you should not be coming in. Do, 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 do. Okay, and that's a combo between the interdimensional technician and Sam Sewa on Discord. Look, the, the Nikki enlarged ball gate thing has not still we haven't escaped that from AKAs and you have combined that with the Duke piece we discussed yesterday about unripe tomatoes. Just, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, get yeah. Get them out of here. Get them out of I here. I thought that was a reference to ball size. No, anything. they just they really dialed it in for me because they knew of my distaste, displeasure uh, with unripe tomatoes. So, you know, thank you for listening. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by a very funny comedian and writer for cartoons like Thundercats Roar, uh, who gives voice to the love of all things fall. She has a Twitch talk show called Fall Talk. She once posted a Twitter appreciation thread of the truly staggering sweater game of the characters in the film A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, uh, The Dream Master. Uh, She's a Halloween horror enthusiast who has a comedy duo called Red and Yellow with former guest Kate Raft. Please welcome the brilliant, the hilarious Joan Haley Ford! Hey guys, thanks for having me. Emmy nominated too, right? Weren't you nominated for me? Uh, Technically, no. Technically, I was like, I was involved with the project that was like Emmy nominated. And then I I once called myself Emmy nominated on Twitter and people called me out on it. So, you know. I constantly say I've I've won Oscars and nobody matters, but you know. Who cares? It was also yeah. like the Creative Arts Emmy. No one knows what the fuck's going on over hey, there. Hey, <laughs> I respect online contributions to yes, the, the video you. arts, okay? Thank so you. someone yes. who's been with people who have been nominated for, that's a big deal. Yes, you're right. I, but I'm just like, who hasn't been nominated <laughs> for Creative Arts Emmy at this point? I haven't. I have not. Right, right, right. And right. you should drag me for it. But <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I was just posting. I thought it was like, I was just posting. I've been to the, I, I've been to the project I went with. I went to the Emmys for it three times and I was just like posting my like looks and I was like this is what a hot Emmy nominee looks like and someone had to be like um I checked the, the facts and you are not actually Emmy nominee I was like wow I just want to show my <laughs> my cute dresses off why are well, you yeah. get out of I, yeah 
this was the yeah you're there you know I'm what i mean there. so what's the problem y'all it's just pretty much, let her live yeah let poor, me live let me say whatever i want what a poor I mean, use of that person's life force yeah i <laughs> i came up around the same time as matt mazaney at ucb so i remember i think you were both working on uh yeah, gay of gay thrones, thrones right yeah right 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 so i like so when i saw those images i said well that's the team that's an that's emmy nod yeah. right there and, you know, Ma- Mazzani was officially Emmy nominated at one for those. So, you know, <laughs> I don't want to steal his thunder, but don't uh, steal his Alaskan but, thunder. Exactly. Oh, yeah, that's a good dick. That's if he was like a wrestler, the Alaskan Thunder. Mm. Uh, I'm having dinner with Matt. It's not that anyone, I don't know if this is interesting, but I'm having dinner with Matt Mazzani tomorrow. Then we're gonna go well, you tell him things. Miles Gray said hi. I'm going to say Miles. Uh, yeah. I'm from the sure. early days. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've been to the well, Emmys. I've been to the Emmys three times. Never won or not. There we go. Technically. And that's uh, our show, y'all. Everyone uh, their game up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, as soon as they start giving out Emmys or Oscars for uh, production design on a Zoom call, you will surely be nominated or win because your backdrop is, I, I think we have officially crowned it the best Zoom background um, to date. Thank you. Of, of the hundreds of episodes, hundreds of Zoom backgrounds that we've seen it's, it's something so to good behold. it looks like a fake one that someone just puts up like a wallpaper but you have i i said when i said yo joan are you coming to us from the max from saved mm-hmm. by the bell but this is just your home office this is swag. just my home office i'm Love going it. for like max slash like early 90s disney store vibes yes. yeah yeah but yeah sometimes i will be like i'll be on like a zoom call with somebody for 45 minutes and i'll be like oh, i'll be right back and when they see me like physically step into the background their minds are shattered <laughs> like, like it's like the happen? prestige of a magic yes. trick right yeah <laughs> wow mm-hmm. anyways very impressive we are going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment uh first a couple of the things we're talking about on today's episode we are going to talk about you know just the idea of turning the camera off during zoom meetings uh that apparently that is good for your mental and physical health to turn your camera off during Zoom meetings. We will talk about the bipartisan attempt at uh, police reform and uh, how that went predictably awry. And then we're going to talk some Halloween stuff in honor of our esteemed guest. We'll talk about why this is going to be a record-breaking Halloween and also look at some of the topical Halloween costumes that are being floated thus far. All of that, plenty more. But first, Joan, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history? Well, the most recent thing from my search history is Fright Rags Elvira. Okay, go on. Yeah. <laughs> Fright Rags is a uh, t-shirt company. They it's all or it's like kind of like all spooky apparel. They recently put out a. There's a bunch of places have put out like Elvira collabs in like the last like week or two because I don't know what officially like the official date is, but like we've decided like the last two weeks are like the 40th anniversary of just Elvira existing. So I I've been just like buying a lot of Elvira merch and I was specifically looking for a design that this company called Fright Rags put out and I bought it. I bought the t-shirts. Okay. Wow. What's the design looking like? Uh, it's a recreation of her like 1991 Coors Light ad, which was like the official, like Coors Light was the official beer of Halloween in 1991. I have yet to find out what the official beer of 2021 is. Right. right. And who determines Halloween? 
Is there like a court of the hollow, like the tr- Halloween triumvirate that yes, then decides yeah, I mean, like who will be the? Seems like Elvira the would de- determine that, right? Uh, Elvira just like informs you afterwards what the official beer is. She's like, right. she's no, <laughs> you know, I'm sure she wasn't getting paid. The design has been altered, so it doesn't say like Coors Light anymore, and it's like the official like fe- it's like the official fear of 1991 because I think nice. they couldn't technically say I don't know. I guess they lost the Coors Light license. I don't know, but it's a cool shirt non- nonetheless. Yeah, it's wow. a very cool shirt. Yeah. yeah. What what happened? What happened to our beer ads? You know? I know. Uh, we're just dilly dillying around and uh we don't have Elvira like we needed. Yeah. Yeah. Recently, they got too clever or something. She was in the news recently, right? Because she's uh, in a relationship she's been like in a nineteen year relationship with a woman. Yes, yeah. That yeah. was like I don't know about you, but guys, but like that was w- like queer Christmas where I was. Like I literally got some I got like texted about that. Like, like oh, right. thirteen times, people are like, "Have you seen this? Have you seen you this?" Know, did you know? Right. And I was like, "Yes, I've seen this." But yes, we it is a if it is like a queer national holiday now, an Elvira coming out day. It's right, like right. it's huge. <laughs> like it's huge. Yeah, I was so I had such a crush on Elvira as a kid, and I remember mm-hmm. my dad's friend is was friends with her, and I saw her like as herself. And at that point, I was like, it really it it gave me like this reality check about like the media. And I was like, everyone's a person. And it was mm. Elvira just yeah. seeing Elvira, not just totally made up that I was like, see, we're just, we're all just playing a part out here. I had that. I had like, she, she is one of those figures, especially if you grew up like late eighties, early nineties that like, yeah, she just, Elvira just existed. And you could believe in a world when you were little that like, yeah, people like Elvira just existed. Right. Like fi- it's like, fi- it was like when you first kind of like, come to terms with the fact that like Kermit the Frog is just a puppet. It's like, oh fuck, like there's a little less <laughs> right, magic right. in the world. But also Cassandra Peterson is like magic. I'm reading her autobiography right now and it's the best. And you know, I love her. I love her. I love her as Elvira or just as herself. Yeah. And I wow. had to learn, I had to learn that they were both the same person and, 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 you know, change my expectations of what the fucking TV was showing me, which yes. is like, you know, Elvira just goes home in that dope ass convertible and then yeah. she probably sleeps in a coffin and eats she sleeps in a, Yeah, she sleeps in a coffin. She lives in a haunted house. Right. Right. She's horny all the time. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and she's not a comedian. She's no, a real person. She's a real person. This is so, sincere. Yeah. People talk like that in real life. I could there there is a wor- I could move into a neighborhood one day and be living next to a werewolf. That's a thing that could happen. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. It has to. Be. I still believe that. I still believe one day I could have a werewolf neighbor. Joan, do you have a favorite piece of like spooky merch besides the Elvira shirt you just ordered? Oh my gosh, I have so much spooky merch that it's hard to narrow it down. I do love right now. I will just say, and actually, I'm wearing it right now. You can't see it, but I but I got this like Nightmare on Elm Street pattern, like high waisted skirt that I real that I'm really like I'm really digging. Wow, it's like got like pop punk. It's like it's like spooky, but got some like pop punk vibes. So and it's like. I we've all decided that it's pop punk fall. Like this is the fall of pop punk. Pop punk fall. <laughs> I like this right now because it incorporates like my two fall aesthetics, which is like always spooky and right now pop punk. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. What is something you think is overrated? Ooh, um, you know what I think is overrated? Cupcakes. Cupcakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't like. I just, I feel like I, anyone. I I never like. I'm always like never satisfied with a cupcake. I, I feel like any cupcake place I've gone to that's like these are the most amazing cupcakes. I've never liked them more than like I would. I've never liked them more than I would just like an actual piece of cake. And sure. um, usually they're not. I don't know. Yeah, cupcakes. 
Yeah. Give me just a piece of cake. Give me an actual piece of cake. That yeah, we've uh, I think we've definitely I mean, well, we hit peak cupcake in well, I feel like twenty twelve. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I feel like that was when people in LA, like, you know, the cupcake ATMs were popping. I feel oh, like yeah. every person who I knew was that who was like a chef or getting into the culinary scene, their first gig was working at a cupcake place. Mm-hmm. And now, yeah, I, I, I just, it's the, it's the icing to me that is the most important part. Yeah. That's usually what sets a good cupcake apart. I agree. But I feel like you always get more icing. You get more icing with a piece of cake. Mm. Probably more like equally. Cause like, yeah, if you bite a cupcake, like, you know, like a fucking animal. Yeah. Just half your face is just inundated with icing. Mm-hmm. That's know, the thing. You know, strategic eating. I don't like that. Either. Maybe that's what's I get. I think that you're getting to something. I think it's like the frosting cake ratio is all wrong yeah. with cupcakes. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's hard. like a mountain of icing you got to yes. bite through. Yeah. So, and it and feels I, like pies are coming back. I mean, pies, mm, I think, you know, that's the new wave and brown. I don't know. what. What is the new wave now? I don't know. I mean, it is fall, which is definitely pie time. Yeah. Personal yeah. panned pies? Is that something you guys Ooh, like a little Scott oh, pie? Like a mini pie? Yeah, or, yeah. Yeah, like a little I mean, apple talking, pie skillet with ice cream on top. Ooh, talking apples from, to apples in terms ooh, of yeah. cupcake to cup pie. I don't know. Oh, I, right. Like a, I like a like cup a, pie. Yeah, I guess a hand pie, you know, like something, you know, I guess would be the equivalent. Which I mm. feel like, where the fuck are those? You know, Does, do, are people just shook because McDonald's makes them? They're like, I don't know. It's just like, we can't right. compete. Yeah. Yeah. That's not good. There's a little lot of pies. I totally agree with you guys about the icing ratio because the best cupcake I've ever had and probably the only cupcake that has delivered on the premise of cupcakes to me is, I think it's from a place called Suzy Q's, but what they do... Suzy Cakes. That's the one. And they dig out the middle of the cake. And so there's just like extra icing in the middle of it. So... It's almost like a scooped bagel, a scooped cupcake with just uh, a little... Like a nuclear icing core? Divot of icing. Their strawberry cupcakes are... They almost okay. make going to uh, children's birthday parties worth it. Mm. <laughs> Not quite. You get there, you're in the back, you're like, is it fucking Susie cakes or what? <laughs> yeah. And like, you just hear, yeah, you just hear tires yeah. screeching because you got wind of a Kirkland sheet cake. <laughs> Susie cakes are like bolt. I do right. love a, uh, a sheet cake, though. <laughs> so you're like, fine. All yeah. right, the Susie cakes or Kirkland yeah. sheet cake. Mm-hmm. If it's either, I can I can work with it. But I will loudly review a birthday party, a children's birthday party. Mm-hmm. That I'm <laughs> that's it's important the parents know uh, where they're falling short. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you, I know you to not actually do that, but I know you to be the person. You're so analytical and observant that I know you are having these thoughts <laughs> at a child's birthday party. What is a thing that you see that you you're like, man, fuck this birthday party. Oh, what is a thing? Or something you go, well, I wouldn't do that for my kid's birthday. You know, not not enough places to sit. They'll put food out and then you just can't sit anywhere to eat it. <laughs> There's uh, not introducing parents to one another. I think name tags are, are great because no parent knows oh. the other parents' names or what their relation is to any anything. Right. So, yeah, that that's one. that, And then just... Not going big enough. You got to get farm animals there. You got to get a bounce house. <laughs> you got to get a bounce house. You got to get yeah. confetti cannons. What are we doing? I want to see magic tricks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, no. Entertain just... me too. Like entertain me too. Yeah, the children. Right. If you expect me to come to your child's birthday party, provide like 
two bounce houses, one adult size. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just go in the kids' bounce house and knock them over. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if there's only one bounce house, what other options do you have? It's like, you hurt a child and you're like, this is on you guys. You you didn't provide me with a bounce house. Right. So what did you want me to do? Yeah. <laughs> jump up and down the grass like, like I'm no, jumping that, rope without it. Yeah. Come on now. Hmm. I think like there's also it sounds like what you're saying. The two of you is like a great children's birthday party is like a Pixar film. That yeah. It's yeah. like you go and you're like, yeah, the kids love it. And you know what? This shit was actually not bad at all. Yeah. Uh, Rather than like overemphasizing the children's fun, because like I like your old man take, Jack, be like, not enough places to sit and they give you the food. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's hard to eat standing up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I I had another thought and it has disappeared from my brain. Speaking of old, Jake Jackson, a little worm on us. These parties. Oh, shit. They have enough for kids sitting down. There's so much more you can drag out of these children's oh. birthday parties. Uh, Avengers themed. Come on, <laughs> kids. There is a children's entertainer, uh, Mr. Silly, that I, I think I've talked about before on our show because we had him at my five-year-old's birthday party. I've never seen a comedian kill as hard as this man killed, like, Kids were falling, laughing so hard they were falling over and like bonking their head like <laughs> on the ground like that. It was deaf comedy jam, like season one level, just reactions <laughs> yeah. from these children. Bernie Mac's debut. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like uh, I I went home to see my I went home for the first time in like two years and I spent a lot of time with my two year old nephew and just watching him like how amazing he thinks something like Daniel Tiger is is like wow like. I'll never, like, I'll never elicit this response. This will never be as important to, there's no piece of media that will be as important to an adult as, like, Daniel Tiger is right now to my fucking nephew. It's just very fascinating to watch. And like, yeah, why, why do I, why do I, why am I striving so hard to, to write for anything but kids media? Because this is the only, this is the thing. This is the thing that you can actually impact people with. Right. So, have you seen the Mr. Silly website? I think I booked booked it. I mean, but... it's just wild the way they describe it. Like that they're like, no, we got the only motherfucking Mr. Silly. Like on this website says we are the home of the one and only Mr. Silly requested yeah. all around the world. Our highest demand performer. Is this dude like fucking children's parties uh, Elvis or uh, some shit? There's like, a Mr. there's like a Mr. Silly too. Like there was a Gallagher too just going around. I mean, they'd be like, do not. <laughs> That is not Mr. Silly. That is Mr. Silly's brother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do but not buy those tickets. His yes. material is all, um, you know, it sucks. Like for, for an adult, from an adult perspective, it's like bad, bad jokes. But now I've like been at four parties and the, the urge for the parents to sit there and watch and like, just be like, Psh. I don't get it. Like, what the fuck is going on? It's like so weird. They're, bringing out the like, hater. So many yeah. dads just being like, okay, I guess yeah. whatever you say. It's pretty funny. Yeah. People book him a year in advance. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fuck He's, it, Jack. I mean, let's be real. If you really think you can do better than Mr. Silly, I bet you could. You could probably make some dough if you really think you can. No, I can't. I'm just he's he's <laughs> I can't. He's nailed a very specific thing, I think, through just repeti- like the way a stand up builds their right. you know, guess and check sort of thing. Uh and he's just done 
5,000 children's birthday parties. And right. He, so he's like he the Beatles when they were in Germany. Yes. Just getting those exactly. reps in just before they, 10, they went to the big hours time. In. Yep. Joan, what is something you think is underrated? Pop punk music, I'm going to say, because I'm really into it right now. And um, I, I think I like looked a lot. Like, I think when it was actually at its height, I like kind of like looked at it. I looked at it kind of scornfully and I just recently really gotten into it. And I'm like, Hell yeah. Um, I went to like a pop punk night the other night. I know I should, I don't know. I should I be telling the public that I'm going to out dancing? I am. But yeah, I, uh, hey, I mean, look, you're, va- I mean, like, you're I'm, vaccinated. I'm, I'm presuming. Va- I'm va- it's like all that, va- it, but it's, uh, the event was all va- only, only allowed in if you had your vax card. But yeah, I, I got like a friend took me to pop punk nights uh, a couple weeks ago and I like lost my mind. I had so much fun. And now I'm having a pop punk fall. I'm into it so hard. Ooh. I don't know if it's is that under, is it underrated? It feels like under it feels like underrated. It feels like there's a level of like scorn or like it's a subvert. It's a like a little bit of a like subgenre of music that was for like you know weird sad lunch table kids in 2005. But I'm like there's a lot of shit in here that I just really like and like it really gets me going. It's I look for all the the pop punk compilations on my Peloton now. Right. That's, <laughs> that's what gets me moving. Yeah, that sound is definitely. Like, I, I notice it now so much in music, like of new artists. And part of me is like, man, like that. I didn't I didn't I, I, I get that it was so prevalent, but it's interesting to see like sort of manifest itself now, like in a lot of stuff I hear, especially like like sort of like a hip hop, pop punk crossover yeah. kind of tracks I hear. Yeah, and I'm like, that's fucking wild. Like to me, that sounds like like a jokey thing I would do in high school to just like do emo voice over a rap beat. Yeah. But now like this shit kind of goes. Yeah, like Olivia Rodrigo, a lot of her stuff is like uh, is just so pop punk influenced that yeah, I feel like it is having a little bit of a renaissance right now, and maybe that's why we are seeing it, these nights kind of like cre- creep back in uh, into like the the LA dance scene. Right. But yeah, that's where I am right now. I'm I'm fully having like a pop my like late in life pop punk renaissance. What were you listening to when pop punk was going down? You if you weren't. I can't even think of what I was listening to in like 2005. That was so long ago. What were the what was the other music in 2005? Uh, like bling bling, Fifty Cent rap. I wasn't listening. I think I'm just new like, metal. I think I'm and you. I think I'm just always like 15 years behind in what I'm listening like listening to. So you're listening to like uh, house music from the 90s. In <laughs> yeah, 2005. I think so. I was listening to like a lot of like Salt and Pepper and like the right. mid 2000s. Crystal Waters. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I think I'm just always, like, way, like, the other genre of music I'm getting really into right now is, like, and this is, like, 40 years out of date, but I'm super into, like, New Wave right now. <laughs> okay. I got the Night Flight app, and I'm I'm living for it. What's that? Okay, uh, Night Flight was this, like, block of programming on the USA Network, like, in the early 80s, that was kind of pre, like, it was the music video thing that kind of, like, predated MTV, Okay. And it was just like a lot of music videos. And then they have this this show, this regular show called New Wave Theater that was hosted by this like weirdo named uh, Peter Ivers, I think, uh, in the who was actually like murdered like in 1983. And no, they've never solved his murder. But it was like, kind of like this look at the that show itself was kind of like a, a look at the L.A. New Wave scene in the early 80s. And it's like just a lot weirder and more eclectic than I think people know or give New Wave for. But anyways, the Night Flight app is like a, a streaming app that just has like all that. Like they literally like not just like the shows themselves, but like full like here is like four hours with commercials of like how this stuff aired in oh, the shit. early 80s. It's very I love cool. Stuff like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I like anything that, like, fully, like, I like an app that, like, fully puts me into a vibe, a, like, mindset of, like, what was this subculture like? What was it like to just watch TV back then? And I'm really, really loving it. Yeah. So I could, yeah. I mean, yes, just based on your wallpaper, I know you're very into immersive experiences. I so am. This all tracks. I yeah. like to trap myself in nostalgia. I like to pr- yeah, imprison myself in it. Who doesn't? I'm just as guilty. I was watching a playoff game for, of basketball from the year 2000, hooting and hollering like it was yeah, brand new yeah. to me. And I was like, I needed this. Check. I needed the time travel. I do that to, I, Young live check. I like, <laughs> I've never been a big sports fan, but like early pandemic when ESPN would just be airing like World Series 1981. I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. This is, I, I'm into this. <laughs> just looks yeah there's like something about the grain of it too yeah even if i'm not interested i'm like this feels real and authentic to the time this is baseball "Mm -hmm." yeah (laughs) yeah uh all right let's take a quick break and we'll be right back and we're back and Let's talk about Zoom meetings, because Mm -hmm. there's just been a ton of research done since the pandemic kind of sent us all to working from home and sent all our meetings online. And this is kind of a interesting finding, Miles, that you you pointed out here. I mean, just I think everyone has through the course of the last, you know, what, 18, 19 months has had to endure numerous online calls. Uh, and sometimes you don't, but if, like, even if you're back in office, right, the video conference Zoom call seems to just be something that persists uh, no matter what. And it makes sense because it requires people to like move, like uh, not having to move physically to locations and people can just instantly have a meeting. But I think the thing is like the camera being on is something that I think a lot of people feel or maybe are starting to begin to feel like this sort of all-seeing eye that there is this element of having the camera on that just kind of changes the dimension of a meeting. And a lot of people, you know, they feel that if the camera's on, it seems like everyone's more engaged because, like, they're looking at other things and they're being viewed too, so the engagement would naturally increase. But that doesn't seem to really add up because it turns out that with the camera on, you're actually less likely to be engaged and it will actually it's, it's they find it to be more draining. Um, and this was like a study that was done at the University of Arizona, just like looking, just kind of exploring this basic thing. And so this is from the study, quote, when people had cameras on or were told to keep cameras on, they were they reported more fatigue than their non camera using counterparts. And that fatigue correlated to less voice and less engagement during meetings. So in reality, those who had cameras on were potentially participating less than those not using cameras on. Uh, They also really, they note here too, that these effects were stronger for women and for employees newer to the organization, likely due to added self-presentation pressures. So I think a lot of us, we've talked about the Zoom dysmorphia that has like been sort of like uh, plastic surgeons have been talking about, like, because people have been looking at themselves constantly for over a year, that it's like affecting their self-perception. And in this way too, like having a camera on yeah like there is a performative aspect to it especially to seem more engaged or that you are in fact listening to every single thing like nodding your head vigorously like i'm i'm on calls a lot of the time where i see a lot of performative engagement and you know and i get it though too like that's just part of i think because of our work culture of sort of being like well if you're on camera and you look alert then they you don't have to feel like you're slacking because you're not in an office 
Um, and it seems to all relate to each other. Yeah. It also ties into the uh, bullshit jobs thing that we were talking about earlier this week. Like, it feels like if you're worried that people are just like turning the camera off and leaving the room, then maybe the meeting isn't, isn't that important in the first place. Uh, right. Maybe. And if it is important and they're turning the camera off and leaving the room, then, you know, that's on them. They're going to suffer the consequences of that. But like to feel like, okay, everybody needs their camera on because we are like policing this to make sure nobody is like not paying attention just feels, I don't know. So it's right. so, like you're in fucking second grade. And it's, well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I will say as someone who enjoys looking at themselves and the ba- and their background, you know, I but, <laughs> uh, I get, but that 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 only lasts so long. That only lasts so long. Yeah, there's something about it that's like I, it's just not how you actually engage with a group of people or a room full of people. You're not when I'm in one of these Zoom things. It feels like you have all eyes on you at all times, which is not how it is in real life. When you're in a if you're in a in an office or a workspace and, you know, you're in a meeting, I, we're not all like constantly like looking at each other. Yeah. Scanning feel, the room. Yeah. It's right. like, this is like, this is, you know, like I'm always scanning, the, scanning like the entire thing when I'm on these uh, zoom calls and it's just, it's not, you know, I don't know what it is, what it is. It just makes you want to like constantly look at every little box, but that's, and I'm, but I feel those eyes on me too. And it is this thing to be like, you owe, like, there's no, just kind of like you can zone out or, or not like, whatever and pick your nose you know pick I mean? your nose yeah, yeah. like but you, you you're you like there's also just a fear of like being recorded or being like tr- like tr- you know being uh caught on camera doing something embarrassing forever that really like starts to stress you out after like days and days of being on these calls right which yeah. you know i think which is why like these researchers are saying like it, it there's nothing wrong with having the camera off you know there's nothing yeah. wrong with it as, as it relates to especially that you know, if if people are in a work from home situation, they're typically more productive anyway. So just because the camera's on or off doesn't affect anything, but it just shows like this like rigidness that we have to yeah. still be like, well, if it's off, like you could be slacking off. And this is what sort of out of this study, you know, the the head research was recommending saying, uh, quote, employees should have the autonomy to choose whether or not to use their cameras and others shouldn't make assumptions about distractedness or productivity if someone chooses to keep the camera off, because those seem to be the factors that are driving people to keep the camera on. It's like, well, I have it on because I don't want people to think I'm like distracted or I'm slacking. Yeah. Uh, So I I will sit like with very good posture and like nod my head till my chin falls off. I feel like it's all these like we gauge like the American workforce like gauges productivity by all these things other than just like how productive are you being? You know, uh, the, the last, like I was in a job recently where it was like, you know, yeah, we would kind of like if everyone got the work done and got it done well, but like if we weren't like respond, if, you know, we weren't responding on these calls like immediately or, or we were like, you know, missing emails every now and then, like we got like, we got kind of reamed at times and it was mm-hmm. like, but we're doing the work like the product it's the productivity is happening everything you're getting everything you need it's just like this weird need to feel like in control all sure yeah absolutely of every little thing your workers do right yeah and yeah i think that's why i think so many 
that that sort of uh, mentality persists, you know, and like demanding that like, it's like, you know, because I, I a buddy of mine is at a company where like they demand people's cameras are on like all the time. Yeah. And if it's like off, they're like, where'd you go? Where'd you go? Where'd you go? And they're like, I'm in the ba- I had to use the bathroom. Like, what right. the fuck is this? Yeah. And I yeah. didn't want to like just walk out of the frame. So I turned my camera on. And yeah, there is just like there are two ways of uh, like, you know, doing work that are having to like reconcile with each other. Yeah. This this pandemic version and going you know the old school like let me look over my employees constantly have y'all ever been in a situation where they like there are calls where they can like monitor everything you're doing on your computer or at least everything you're doing on your browser so i've been in situations where you can't even like go on your browser like at all because they'll like they'll know they'll get a little report and it's like no this is help let me it's like let me go to Zara and buy my thing that I want. Like, let me do yeah. my online shopping really quick because otherwise I'm just going to be thinking about the thing I want to buy all time, to- like all day. <laughs> I can so do let me- two things at once. Yeah, let okay. me get it. And let me get the other thing out of my system. I want to buy <laughs> yeah. this Elvira t-shirt right now and then I won't be, I won't be thinking about it for the rest of the day. I can put my, all my focus on you. Right. Not yeah. my new Elvira t-shirt that I'm excited about. <laughs> it also makes sense that it's, women and people who like are new and don't feel secure in the workplace and not you know the most Jeffrey, vulnerable yeah. people in a right, workplace right the most vulnerable people and then we have your uh, Jeffrey's Tubin who are the, are the opposite couldn't yeah, be right. less couldn't be less aware of their being on camera i mean i like and that that is something that i will say like really weighs on me in these things it's you know I I don't have a lot, you know, to like present myself like as it takes a lot of work to present myself as like fully and truly as I want to. And there is a kind of resentment I have to like the people who can just fucking like roll out of bed. And, and you know, I said like, right. you know, the amount of work I have to do to feel like okay on these calls is the exact same amount of work I have to do if I was like going into an office. Same like same level of makeup, basically same level of of just like pr- uh, of preparedness. And it's like, I don't know. It's yeah, it's it'd be I love the I love the option of just turning it off every now and then, yeah. not having to worry about it. For sure. Yeah. 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 And I think people just got to get over the fact that, look, are are your widgets getting made? Yeah. Then right. shut the fuck up about the camera. Being yeah. yeah. We're all ships. Who cares? Yeah. Ship those widgets. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about this very feeble non-attempt at police reform. <laughs> right. So exactly. last summer, Tim Scott the sole black Republican senator was tasked with creating a police reform bill. And people were like, wow, maybe maybe something could happen here since Scott has that has been an issue he's traditionally cared about. Yeah. In the GOP. And you're like, oh, cool. This black Republican, he's going to do okay, And he's on there. He said really good things on the record. Something could come of this. Well, what the fuck were we thinking? Yeah, because Cory Booker uh, just came out and said, look, you know, I was leading the discussions, the negotiations on drafting this bill alongside Karen Bass from the House. And we tried working with these motherfuckers, but the, the whole thing's off. There's no deal because the Republicans have rejected fucking everything, even though we watered this thing down to literally like like nothing. Um, and they still couldn't get behind it. And when you look at the things that were necessary, right, like qualified immunity is one of the biggest things that we need to address in terms of, you know, holding police accountable for when they're violating people's civil rights. Like right now, it's the taxpayer that pays the, the payouts when a police officer does wrong rather than the police department or the officer themselves. So they're shielded. Right. But we always knew 
qualified immunity was never on the table for Republicans. And let's be real, fucking most Democrats can't even wrap their head around it because they're so afraid of actual reform. So that was the first indication I think everyone had that this was not going to be real, tangible reform. This was going to be very, this was going to be a gesture, a nod to reform. And then Dems kept coming with like, like just other stuff. Like, okay, how about this? Like keep it real lukewarm. We'll ban chokeholds. We'll create a database of problematic cops who have like been written up. Tim Scott, you yourself, you said you like that idea. So we're going to put that one in there. And then let's significantly cut back the military to police pipeline as it relates to equipment. And they still said fucking no, even though yeah. these are things Tim Scott has talked about supporting. And like a lot of the aides who spoke, you know, uh, to journalists about like this process, they also said this was just a, a completely bad faith uh, exercise from Tim Scott and was never really seemed like anything was going to happen because a little bit of progress would be made. And then suddenly there were like new standards that had to be met that would just completely clear the table and have to start all over again. So, you know, it feels like one of those things where even this police reform was like we were saying yesterday, like the walls are clo closing in on Trump. Uh, if they <laughs> passed this thing, they would be like, the walls are closing in on bad cops. You're like, why? Because you did three things. You're not right. still doing, you're not fucking with qualified immunity. So what are we doing? Yeah. And yet nothing, e even that can't get through. Like, yeah. Watered this thing down based on their demands and they still wouldn't do it. Seems to be the entire like democratic modus operandi, like this entire uh, administration. Like it's just, we're, we, okay, fine. We'll make concessions because they're desperate for bipartisanship for some reason, probably because the way that they fundraise, the way that they get people out to vote is by defining themselves in opposition to Republicans. And so they need the Republican Party there. And so they keep yeah. trying this bipartisan shit. And it's just time and time again, it's been shown to it's just not happening. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish this felt like I wish this felt like a surprise even that this didn't pass, yeah. but it just feels like the most like, yeah, of course, of course, type news. And yeah, it is all this like, it is just this like aesthetic, uh, Jack, I think you're right. It's just kind of like this aesthetic opposition. This administration wants to look like it's look like it's so far removed from the last one. But really, like, I think I think if all these if Trump was doing any of these things, if like 90% of these policies were within the Trump administration, like the there'd be the same like, like, you know, like, opposition to it we'd be having the same reaction to it, it that we were having under the last administration it's just it's also fake it all feels feels so fake yeah and it just like it it just makes the, the these democrats look fucking like a bunch of clowns too because yeah. you know everyone's saying like this is the pattern working with them and it's been like this especially since obama took office which is like they're gonna act like they're gonna come to the table they'll make you water the shit out of it and then they won't vote for it Right. So and then you've just you end up voting on a bill that is completely nothing. And then they're not even there to to do any yeah. anything. And so, you know, again, we but I don't know, Cory Booker seemed to think that his announcement would come as a shock. Where he's like, you know, we tried and blah. Most people were like, yeah, because yeah, no you're fucking working with them. Yeah. No Nuke shit. The filibuster, you idiot. Yeah. I'm sure I'm not the first person to make this analogy, but it does. It is very uh, like Lucy and the football. It's just like, yeah, how many times are you gonna <laughs> keep like running for it, Charlie Brown? Yeah. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, nuke the filibuster. Like, I, I don't know what more needs to happen, but it just seems like they're not even 
Because if they try and run on the midterms, like, hey, man, we need more time, man. Give us another shot with these people. And we're, we're going we're gonna to get we're finally going to get that stuff through. We were promising all this time. I, I, like, I can see a version of that. Or like we've seen with Gavin Newsom, they're going to just try and completely ignore all the shit that was promised. and be like, hey, COVID, huh? We got to get through this pandemic, huh? Don't right. trust these guys. They're just going to make you not wear masks. And people are like, but what about like, you know, the eviction moratorium? And things right. like that, like real tangible things that people need addressed in their lives rather than like sort of evoking the boogeyman of the right, right. and then being like, mm. come into my arms, please, please come yeah. to the safe harbor of my blue arms. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. And uh, according to the National Retail Federation, 2021. That sounds like a a fucking like the name of our government in like 20 years. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. This is the party that we're all voting for in 20 years. I'm voting for the National National Retail Retail Federation. Federation. I'm going to say it it sounds like those guys from the Phantom Menace who. who, Oh, yeah. The Trade Federation. The Trade Federation. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. We have a trick. Yeah, those we are creepy gonna, Asian the, aliens that yeah. they're like, no, was that racist? Yeah, oh, no, really? <laughs> no, let's just ignore Not that. Us. Let's all love the prequels and ignore all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm a prequel kid. I, what are you talking about? Um, but yeah, yeah, it sounds like we're, we're gonna have a, we're gonna be run by the Trade Federation in 30 years. <laughs> oh, absolutely. yeah. So they're saying, and this feels a little bit bold to me. They're saying 2021 is going to be a record-breaking year for Halloween spending. I, I feel like any prediction on like behavior that's that far in the future just seems a little uh cavalier based on like what we've just lived through like maybe I, but i would yeah. say if you would use a folk if you were to take a focused group that is just me i would say that's very <laughs> accurate <laughs> you're like i love this it's actually yeah. gonna be triple last yeah. year well yeah. this is the thing that they're looking at right because they said when the cdc last year was like do not do Halloween, assholes. Do not do it, please. For the love of everything that's holy, just fucking don't. Nobody listened. People still spent over $8 billion. This year, they're saying it's going to be over $10 billion yes. when it comes to costumes, decoration, candy. And they say pet costumes even more. That's the shit that's really on the come up is pet costumes. So a lot of the spending, a bulk of it, $3.3 billion is going to go to costumes. That's 27% more than last year. And then and that's like, you know, like the last time it was like spending was at that level was 2017 and then three billion on candy. Another three that they think is going to be on decorations. And I know we've seen people lose their shit over the 12 foot skeleton. You know, like I've for like an entire year. We know people that have been up to Brandy Posey. I'm looking at you uh, who have (laughs) been just cannot stop thinking about this 12 foot skeleton. So, you know, they're saying like that on top of kids costumes they just see it going up and up and up but the really the pet costume thing is experiencing a lot of growth and that might make sense if people who actually kept their adopted pets from the pandemic you know that they would be dressing up their pets because for me i don't really buy i don't really dress up but uh my partner and i we like to find shit for our dog that's Mm -hmm. that is fun yeah i can i can definitely i'm like i see that part of the spending 
I've already got a little Toon Squad jersey for my dog, and that's just oh. like the, that's just the start of it. What's your what? Uh, which jersey is it just generic Toon Squad or gen- character? It's just generic Toon Squad. Okay. No, they okay. didn't make like a specific like Bugs Bunny, like Michael Jordan one. Right. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, the, I, I I'm. It seems like a combination of like because the summer was shitty, and we do have vaccines, so people are going to feel a little bit more, you know, lively uh, yeah. for Halloween. Plus, you can do this shit outside. Trick-or-treating does take place outside. And I feel like to get into it, it's like you're not, you can really just decorate the exterior of where you live Mm. and still kind of like get, you know, express yourself like that rather than like coming inside and seeing all this other spooky shit that you have set up. But I don't know. What's your your take here, Joan? I think, I mean, my honest feeling is I think the reason like Halloween will be big this year and why it's kind of just like spooky season has been growing in popularity and like, recent years is does, is kind of like tied to the fact that we all feel like we're, we're gonna die we're all gonna <laughs> right, die right. like in set like even before pandemic times like you know fucking global warming and all this like we just feel very close to the brink and i truly believe that like halloween is like this little release valve every year we where we all kind of like get to collectively like laugh and have fun with death so it makes sense to me that it has just been you know i i feel like in the last i mean i've always been kind of like a big halloween fan but i just feel like in the last like five to ten years i've just seen a huge blow up online of people who are like i'm horror in i'm a horror influencer i i like love horror i love spooky stuff um so i think it makes sense that this would like even outside of you know, whatever the trends are saying, like psychologically to me, it makes sense that this is going to be the year that we're all like, yeah, like, fuck it. Like, yeah. let's just all like laugh at the grim. Let's all just like put on, put on Pennywise costumes and laugh at the Grim Reaper. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I love this. So funny. That bloody knife. Prop yes. that he had. Hell yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah like, get more macabre. Yes. After all, after the year we've had, like, yeah. What's so scary about a bloody knife? This, there was another weird stat in here that said 69% of adults surveyed had already picked out their costume for this year. Like picked it out, like put it together or just like decided what they're going to do. Okay, they said as. if you, they've already picked out, like not to say that it's been purchased, but they, they know what they are going for to or to how they're going to dress up, which is wild to me. I'm a, I'm definitely an outlier when it comes to Halloween. I think of something literally the two days before I had, I would have mm-hmm. to go to a costume party. Like I'm not, I have friends though, who are like keeping track of shit throughout the year. I'm like, Oh, that's stupid. That might make a good costume. That's, they got their eye on it. Yeah. And those to see 69% in Oof. September already. Yeah. I think yeah. people are, I really, I, to your point, Joan, I, I, re- I just think people are really ready to die, <laughs> die. I think skipping Halloween like that's one that that's one holiday that like just the human like experience needs like we can't just skip Halloween we need to yeah. uh, dress right. up like gory car accidents and go out and walk around around each other and my, my three-year-old has been asking when it's going to get spooky like for weeks now which is early like yeah. he's yeah, I mean, mm, not from my perspective, but you're, right. I'll, I'll let you parent your way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were hiding on me like, what <laughs> are you doing? Spookery. It was should have been months ago. What are you doing? <laughs> you have a you have a costume picked out, Joe? Ooh, I have a couple. Yeah. Oh, so what's your what's your like uh, your the rhythm in which you understand when you're gonna have a, a costume? Like, do you have a deadline? Is this 
do you typically know by this time this of, of the year or uh, usually no by this time of the year. I will say like, I, I, I did go through like a hard, like kind of like as much as I love Halloween, a hard, like not big on costumes phase because I was doing a lot of like sketch comedy with UCB for a bunch of years and mm-hmm. costumes just didn't feel as special. And I got much more into like spooky dress up, you know, like, yeah. like Halloween, like really nice, like Halloween themed dresses, like suits, stuff like that, that I, I, I still like, I still incorporate into my Halloween wardrobe. Like I just, I'm very excited. I just got a like Beetlejuice inspired like power suit. I would describe it like imagine like halfway between Beetlejuice and the good wife. That's what like the look is. And I'm I'm, like, I have an event that I'm planning that for. We're all going to like a little like spooky, like uh, Halloween cocktail soiree that I'm ready to wear that for. But yeah, usually like, I don't know. I don't really have a hall. I don't know if that I have any like consistent cop costume rhythm. It's just kind of like what I'm feeling at the time. Yeah. I will say one of the, like one of the straight up costumes we have planned out is Kate Raft, uh, former like former guest of the show and oh, my yeah. comedy partner. Uh, we've I've always been very into the Chucky movies. They are just recently getting super into the Chucky movies. And we're going to do uh, I think we're going to do like a combo costume of me as Tiffany and them as Glenn slash Glenda, their uh, gender non-conforming, like non-binary child from Seed of Chucky. So we're right. gonna that's gonna be one of our costumes or or one of my costumes. Not all of our costumes are gonna be group costumes, but we're definitely doing that as a group at some point. Yeah. Nice. What about you, Jack? You got costumes? I know you 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 and your family. I see your family photos. You y'all y'all go in. I have the same Batman suit that I wear every year. Just oh right, the when you say this, if ill-fitting Batman. Yeah, it's a, the crotch <laughs> is about like an inch too short, so it's major. Yeah, yeah. So you got a, it's Batman who has a towel on. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, Batman low, just out the shower. Low crotch Batman. Yeah. So our three-year-old is into superheroes. That makes it super easy. Our five-year-old is into trains and garbage trucks and he wants to be a garbage truck uh oh, and shit. i have no that's fucking awesome clue i love how that. i'm gonna it, that's like one of those requests for kids who have dads that are handy yeah and like right. good at make building stuff and that that just isn't me so if you i, have no I am idea envisioning have you ever seen those like really impressive like transformers costumes that people make yeah Yeah. like that into a garbage truck would be mind-blowing okay don't let your kid hear that yeah 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 (laughs) i'm sorry yeah actually put your kid on really quick i'm like you know it'd be cool here let me show you this video this little boy went from an 18 wheeler into a fucking full-on robot yeah that would be cool right yeah yeah i whenever i asked for stuff like that my mom was just like no and i was just like all right I'll yeah. uh, I'll just I'll buy this one hat that says SWAT on it, and we're all black, yeah. and I'll be Keanu Reeves from Speed. The first Halloween where I was like, I'm not do-, like we always grew up with those costumes that were like plastic mask and then like plastic smock with like the yeah. character's face on it. It's like yeah, it's like how elf dressed. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I the first Halloween that I was like, oh, I can just like I can make my own costume, I can build my own thing was like game changer for me. Mm-hmm. What was it? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, like, former life, but I was very into the X-Files at the time, and I, I put together a little, like, Agent Mulder costume. Fox Mulder. Oh, okay. Fox yeah. Mulder, yes. yeah. And probably, I, I, I wanted to, I felt I wanted to go with Scully, but, you know, different times, right. different plays. Different right, right, right. That right. is, a, 
Oh, so, uh, yeah, I was that is something I should do. I should fulfill that that dream at some point and do a Scully. Yeah. I mean, Jillian is killing it right now. Uh, Jillian, you know I, I, mean? I am watching so much just like X-Files right now. Comet TV is just airing it all the time. And I'm like, holy shit, she's so good in that. Yeah. She's so good in everything. But I'm just like, yeah, I have good taste. I have great taste as a kid. <laughs> she's great. Shout out to me as a youth. Shout out yeah. to me. I was like, a, I was like so unique. I watched the X-Files in the 90s. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Who else? Who else was doing that? Like, I would watch the, I would watch the Simpsons and the X-Files. <laughs> like, I had just like unique taste back then. I know. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a unique one. I'm an outlier. I, yeah. All right, let's talk about some some like kind of topical Halloween costumes that are being floated. Uh, we went through Pop Sugar's like list of mm-hmm. different ideas, and I thought there were like some cute ideas in there. I think the the one that was on the list, and also Miles, you found in the place you go for your Halloween costume advice, the New York Post. Yep. is the Bernie Sanders like sitting with the mask on inauguration yeah. with the uh mittens just looking unhappy to be there they've converted that into it, what the new york post is describing as a sexy halloween costume it's that e-girl vibe because mm-hmm. it's from dollskill.com so they're okay. the one making it so it's like yeah. you know it's it's a little a little bit something different for the youth the coat doesn't appear to yeah. be trying to approximate what what bernie was doing but yeah i would say my issue with this is that it's a very like performance-based costume so like to get you gotta like fully sit and do the pose to get it across (laughs) it's like (laughs) are you ready to do that are you ready to do that all night right right Unless part of your, I guess that's where a fun costume is. Like you'd find a way to build the seat into the ass of your costume, so you could be like, "Oh, who am I?" And then you just like, boom, yeah, pose, and they're like, "Oh shit, Bernie!" Yeah, Yeah. I thought you were just somebody who was masking and had mittens on. The the other one that's performance based, and I don't know how you do it necessarily, but if somebody pulls it off, it would be uh, amazing. Is they they suggested doing so, some manner of recreation of the Bidens next to the Carters, where the Carters. <laughs> I look love like, that. <laughs> look like they're like. <laughs> I I I feel that's easy. I feel like that's easier to pull. At least it's, there's something more evocative about that than the Bernie one. Like right, yeah. Like I think yeah. If you like get this, like you know, I think you'd obviously you would be by Bi- you would be Biden, Biden right. or Jill, or you'd be uh, the one of the Bidens and then you'd want to like make a little like chair with a little Carter inside, uh, uh, inside uh, sitting on it to like yeah. attach to your side. And then you would just kneel and <laughs> yeah. you get it across. Right. I right. think that's great. It's a couple you costume. Even, yeah. You do like, you do like a Muppet style Jimmy Carter. Oh yeah. And then yeah. you could do a puppet shit. You could be like, what's that Jimmy? I think that's a great idea. Yeah. That's a performance based one. I like. Yeah. Yeah. See, and I, as much, and I'm so excited by the idea, but then the second I think about the effort, I'm like, okay, what do I need? Like a child, like a, a child, like a preschool reading chair yeah. that's like plush, or do I have to make one and wrap it in fabric, then make oh, a shit. Muppet? Mm, I will, that would be I, a good one for my family. I was going like, to say, yeah, yeah, if you have a kid, that's a good one. A, with a five-year-old. Yeah, you should go to your five-year-old, you're going as Jimmy Carter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't, no hair. discussion. Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, especially when you're like, oh, like, okay, what did you want to be? I want to be Iron Man. You're like, well, put this wig on because you Rosalind Carter. Now get in this seat. Get in this chair. Yeah. There's uh, another one that, I don't know, it feels a little weird. for. So it's Promising Young Woman, woman the uh, nurse costume. That's not a good idea. I, I'm not. What? Yeah. Yeah. Because, first of all, most people are just going to think that you're a sexy nurse. Exactly. And then I guess you have to go into the explanation of like, I'm specifically this sexy nurse. And, and I don't know, like, I don't know. That seems like, and then you're like, kill. Oh, that sounds traumatic. Yeah. yeah. Costumes character. Well, yeah. no, 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 it's fine. Yeah. yeah I guess. It's, yeah. It's a movie about how our society enables and excuses rape culture. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the costume, it, it could have been designed by one of the frat guys in the movie. Yes. Like, right. That they, and and by like, the, you can't Bob for apples and have a yeah. good story after. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, like my character gets like murdered by one of these frat guys. Like, mo- oh, spoilers for Promising Young Woman. <laughs> right. Sorry. If you see, you were going to see it. Hey, spoiler alert right. for Promising <laughs> Young <laughs> Woman. If you uh, haven't seen it now, what, what's going on? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I, this is me before I'm about to be murdered by um, that guy from Glow. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that guy from Glow. I forget. I don't know his real name. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm so bad with names. But yes, that was enough for me. But yeah, I'm guy from Glow. Yeah. Carrie Bechet's husband. This is me before I was about to be murdered by Carrie Bechet's husband. <laughs> <laughs> that's also how I know him. So that's one of the bad ones. There's a bunch of Olivia Rodrigo looks, like her album cover, White House appearance, uh, one of her videos. The Cat Lawyer with, uh, I feel like you could knock that out with just a color printer. Yeah. And a suit. Basically. Wait, what was a cat lawyer? It was a lawyer on a Zoom call who couldn't get rid of the cat filter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could just put a the cat See, filter up your face. The thing is, like, the overly meme ones, and yeah. I don't want to because I don't know how to pronounce, pronounce meme. I'm using it as an adjective, <laughs> but those, <laughs> those meme ones, those memes. Yeah. Yeah. Those are like, they just feel like sort of flash in the pan. Yeah. Although I don't know why at the same time I'm like loving the Carters and Bidens version one. Yeah. I'm like, that's I the mean, shit right there. Yeah. Well, that actually, is... disregard everything I'm saying. I don't know what I'm talking about. The only Mimi costumes I want to see are of Mimi from the Drew Carey show. Thank Woo! you. Yo, shout out <laughs> my boy. My uh one of my best friends in junior high, he went as Mimi from Drew Carey show and he killed that shit that's, in sixth grade. Th- that is very funny. Yeah, you had a very cool friend. Yeah, he was just like because he loved the Drew Carey show yeah. and he was like, he was like his whole thing was like, man, Drew Carey's like too normal looking, bro. It's not yeah. a fucking costume. Like, we fucking, if I go as Mimi, I got the moo on, you know what I mean? Yeah. The wig, the the makeup, yeah. Did like, yeah. did anyone give him shit? Or like, were people just like, fuck yeah? Most people, nah, no one really gave him shit. If, uh, most yeah, people were just like confused. What People didn't understand like the reference. Okay, okay. And I didn't either. Because when he, when he came to school, like I said, what the fuck is this? He said, Mimi from Drew Carey. So I said, I don't watch that show. And then oh. I, then he, then like he had to, because there was no internet like to readily yeah. show a reference photo, he had to like go home and bring a TV guide the next day and was like, this person. This person. And I'm That's, like, oh shit. Mm. Yeah. That, that tracks. Yeah. I love this kid. I want to, I want to know, I want to know where this kid is now. I, I love it. It's, yeah. yeah. Drew Carey show. I love the Drew Carey show. Yeah. Yeah. Mayor from Mayor of Easttown. I feel like if you just vape and are in a cold weather uh, yeah. climate and can dress in <laughs> cold weather clothes, that would be fairly easy. 
if you can get a Wawa wrapper that, yeah. you know, flush it out a little bit. That's right. a neat, that's like, I feel like that's going to be a very low effort costume. This yeah, year. you need like yeah. a M65 military jacket yeah. over like a Uniqlo down vest with a yeah. turtleneck. Yeah. And you're vaping, baby. You, you got an Emmy. Yeah. Yeah. And then the weekend had some kind of iconic looks this year that would be easy to easy enough to pull off with just clothes and a glove and some face bandages. Sure. That's those those are kind of the ones that jumped out at me. There are some other ones like in this. They have another article. It's like 50 plus clever costumes that'll make you say, why didn't I think of that? And one is a chip on your shoulder and someone just is holding a bag of lays on their shoulder. Yeah, no, that's pretty. Uh, yeah. Why? Why didn't I think? Come on that? now, because I don't know. Stupid. Oh right, because it sucks. Because it sucks, and <laughs> right. I yeah, and I'm pretty, and I'm pretty great. I would never <laughs> think of something so dumb. Or if you're a smart cookie, you're wearing a cap and gown that's with like you're holding cookies. Mm, yeah. So a no. nose, a nose yeah. mask with uh, in like a runner's gear for runny nose that, that was pretty oh boy so don't do those don't don't do promising young woman, woman. or anything too meme unless, unless, me. unless, unless it's, it's a, meme yeah unless it's, <laughs> unless meme. it's <laughs> the meme from drew carey <laughs> show, show uh but, and or the carter or the biden carter <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you could somehow do both the the bidens with meme from drew carey show yeah yeah Whoa. Um, Whoa, what if that crossover happened? Yeah. <laughs> if Mimi Bobek were a Biden. You remember her last name. Good job. I just, I had to look it up right now because okay. I was trying to figure out where the, who the performer, like what they're up to now. Okay. Because um, a part of me was like, I don't know, did they go MAGA or some shit? <laughs> I never know. know. Like, <laughs> Kathy Kinney seems like she's on the up. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Joan, such a pleasure having you it was uh, on the show. Class. Thank where, you. Where can people uh, find you and follow you? Uh, I am on Instagram and t- and Twitter as uh, Joan Haley Ford, and I also stream on Twitch as uh, Twitch.tv slash Joan Haley Ford. Right. Um, and is there a tweet or some other work of social media that you've been enjoying? You know what? I brought it up earlier, but I'm going to bring it up again just because it literally like made my week. This is the like you know the lamest thing, but. Just, just, and it's just a, a corporate tweet, but or a publication tweet. But the advocate tweet about Elvira being in a nineteen-year relationship with another woman, like, was like Christmas for me, and like most of like like the queer the queer text threads I'm on. So, like that 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 uh, that little tweet really uh, made my week. There it Amazing, is. yeah. Uh, Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? Oh, Twitter, Instagram at Miles of Gray. Also, the other show, uh, 420 Day Fiance with Sophia Alexandra and I. Uh, also, twitch.tv slash 420 Day Fiance. Come check that out. Let's see a tweet that I like. Uh, this one is from at Rax King is dead. Tweeting. <laughs> so funny. He said, I once got kicked out of a hedgehog Facebook group because a lady posted that her hog's hysterectomy went well. And I commented, hogsterectomy. I mean, seems like the kind of group who are like, we really don't appreciate your flippant <laughs> uh, response to this. This is very serious. This is a hedgehog group. <laughs> uh, let's see. A tweet I've been enjoying. Ashley Fisher tweeted, me, age seven. I want to be an adult so I can eat as many pickles as I want. Me, age 30, eating pip- pickles. Ha <laughs> ha, hell yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how you do it. That's, that's right. 
Mm-hmm. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnotes. We link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song uh, are we sending people? We are to go riding check out, out on Indeed by the band Cruza. And I think, I don't know if they're an LA band. I feel like I've heard of them around town, but they've just got, you know, if you like King Cruel kind of vibes, uh, Unknown Mortal Orchestra, they're, they kind of do, they, they're again, they're, it almost sounds like vintage R&B, but they're not really doing that. So it, it has like, again, it's like this, you know, I love music in the last few years because it seems like people are really playing with many genres and just cooking up their own sort of style. Uh, so this song, Indeed by Cruza, it's just a great one to go on your weekend. It's so nice and relaxed, you know, and so look at some fall leaves coming down or maybe the leaves haven't turned yet, but enjoy this. All right. Well, go check that one out. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for us this morning, but we're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Bye.